NYCapartmentZone.com. From New York City, this is the NYC Zone Teams Podcast. A show where we discuss everything about New York City real estate. And much more. You have questions, we have answers. And now, here are your hosts, John and Nikolai. All right, so hey everyone, this is another episode with the NYC Zone Team. We are here with Gerard Delane. He is a professor at Pratt and at NYU, is that correct? Correct. And uh, we're going to be talking about a really interesting topic today. Um, Nikolai, maybe you want to kind of take the stage in regards to what are we talking about today? Sure, of course. We're talking about the new and exciting topic that I'm sure some of you probably heard on the news is called Opportunity Zone. So... What is an Opportunity Zone? Uh, Opportunity Zone is an area um, that the government has designated um, is an area that is lacking in investment. Mm -hmm. So they've created this incentive to encourage new investment into these areas. Uh, They typically are areas of lower income. Mm -hmm. Um, Very often they're urban neighborhoods, but not always. Uh, But they're areas that are needing investments and the government has created these incentives for us to bring new capital to these areas. Okay, that's really interesting. So if I'm an investor, yep. and what's the benefit for me to, to exactly just uh, do some work in an opportunity zone? What's the, what's the benefit for me? So the incentive that they created is um, if you take your capital gains and put it into an opportunity zone, you do not have to pay taxes on that oh, gain. Beautiful. Which Very is amazing versus paying the taxes on that gain. Oh, which is pretty amazing for a lot of people. So, okay, so I guess I guess that brings us to the next question with 1031. So let's say I have an investment property. Right. I liquidated, made a capital gain out of it. Right. A lot of investors normally what they would do is just do like a 1031. Right. And, and with something else, but in this case, what, I mean, what's the difference? So the real difference is for 1031, you sold a building. Right. You need to buy a similar, you know, quote unquote, like kind right. asset somewhere else. Okay. Um, this isn't as rigid, so it's, you know, you sold, you know, your stock in Google and you made a million dollars of gain. Right. You don't have to buy a million dollar building. Right. Um, but your million dollars can go into a fund to buy a building in an opportunity zone. And instead of paying government, you know, whatever, 30% of your capital gains to the government, you actually take that whole million dollars, put it into an asset that does appreciate, mm-hmm. that does cash flow, that does gain in value. Um, and then you don't pay taxes on that appreciation in, that game in the future. So I have a question. Um, I know when you're doing 1031 exchange, it has to be a similar. So if you sold real estate, you have to buy real estate. Right. Is it the same thing with opportunity zone where I've sold real estate and I'm buying real estate? Or is it, can it be, I sold a restaurant, I've got a million bucks. So you can also invest in a business as well, which there isn't as much attention on. Right. Um, but you don't have to. You can do a real estate instead if you sold You can do real estate versus a business, yes. Okay. Yes. But the gains can come from anywhere. Like The okay. gains can come from you know tech startup, soldier restaurant, soldier construction business. What about art? Art, right? Whatever that gain is that the government would have like, made you pay taxes, tax it would tax you the next year. Right. Instead of that, put it into an opportunity zone. So the government says, instead of us taking, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. our portion of that, put that back into the economy. In particular, these areas that need investment. That makes um, a lot of sense. Interesting. So that's why everybody's kind of like really excited because it's like, oh, you know, nobody loves paying taxes and we're all trying mm-hmm. to figure out ways how to pay less of it. Um, but I can invest in an asset um, and I can get 
the benefits out of the real estate benefits. So you got all the tax write-offs, you got the appreciation to have. So, so all of us in this business understand like, yeah, that's, that's beneficial too. So if you marry that with, oh, I also don't have to pay taxes on, you know, something that happened previously, or this is a different group of folks who I can raise capital from versus just your typical real estate players. Mm -hmm. You know, now I can reach out to Blackstone guy who made $2 million last year in capital gains. Hey, how about you give me that $2 million and let me put that into something. Interesting. And, and what, you, what, what kind of trend are you seeing with people normally doing with uh, the money? Are they putting it in a fund that kind of like does these types of things in an opportunity zone or are they just going it's, by themselves? Like what are they doing? It's still very early. We're really right. in like the first year of actually putting the money mm -hmm. to work. Um, I think I see more of the momentum going towards funds, which because this is A, difficult, and B, the, the, the amount of boxes that it needs to fit into, there's only so many deals out there. Mm -hmm. There's only so many qualified developers mm -hmm. slash general partners who have all the qualifications that are needed. Um, that's tough. So, for example, New York City, you know, many of these areas are you know, in the Bronx and in, you know, uptown and out in Brooklyn. What about... There's only, there's a lot of developers in New York City who've never done a project in the Bronx. Right. Ever. Right. So, like, going into the Bronx and doing their first project, like, that is a real, like, issue. Now I gotta prove to this new investor that I can go to this new market and do this new type of investment. Versus guy that's already in the Bronx, who's already done three or four deals, that's easier for him to say, hey guys, I've done this two or three times. Let's raise another fund. Let's do this again. Mm -hmm. So how new is this program? When did it kick in? Uh, the law was passed in December of 2017. Okay. Um, so it literally was right when they were doing all the tax. Uh, the reform and everything. The big tax reform, mm -hmm. the big Trump tax reform. Yeah. This was kind of squeezed in in that window of time. Interesting. And um, you mentioned a little bit about qualifying for this so is there certain qualifications that somebody needs to have or do we need to bring like a qualified intermediary type of person to, to work with an opportunity zone how does that logistic work great question so there's a number of boxes that need to be filled and whoever's thinking about doing this you should get a very good corporate lawyer always <laughs> <laughs> oh, good because we've met with a couple and it's, it's sticky man it's very tricky mm -hmm. um but you know, essentially, they have to invest it in the asset. The investment has to do essentially double the value and improvements, right? So you can't just buy a piece of land and land banking. You actually have to do some improvement, a la build a building, right? Okay. You got to build a building that's double the value of the asset. Oh, okay. So you can't just buy an apartment building with 10 units in it and just kind of like Wash your hands on, and that's be it. on easy street, collect right. rent the next day. Like, no, you actually need to invest and create the value. So again, this is like, it gets to another smaller group of folks, right? So there's guys who buy this building all the time, mm -hmm. but buying a piece of land and building a physical structure, uh, yeah, you get into just a smaller batch of folks. Right. Um, and then there's a few things like, there's certain uses you can't do, like you're not doing a jail or like, you know, there's certain uses you can't do. You can't do a strip club or something like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> so there's, there's a few things that are just like, yeah, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't okay. do that. Um, but essentially, the perfect thing that fits all the boxes is basically buying a piece of land, building a rental apartment building on it, holding that apartment building for 10 years. That is like... That's it. That's the quintessential clean... Way of uh, doing it. You've added value, uh -huh. you hold it, you maintain it. There's a few quirks that a lot of us are trying to figure out is, mm -hmm. 
how can we do affordable housing finance with mm -hmm. it? Um, so we're in the low-income housing tax credit space. So like, how can we put taxes and bonds and low-income housing tax credits you know, in these neighborhoods that we were doing anyway, mm -hmm. um, how do we marry that with opportunity zones? Um, so that is still a little great that a few of us are trying to figure out. Um, also, you know, there's nothing really there for home ownership. Um, so how can we also encourage home ownership in these communities? Opportunity zones don't quite fit that box for that. You know, what some of us are kind of curious about is what if I buy a piece of land, opportunity zone, build, 10 townhomes, mm -hmm. sell all of them, put that money back in the fund, the profits, and then buy another tract of land in mm -hmm. that opportunity zone, right? So then I'm doing what the government wants, right? Which is I'm investing in the community. You keep doing it. I'm doing something good for that right. community, right? right? There's a benefit to the community, mm -hmm. you know, and we keep getting these tax benefits and it keeps rolling. So there's a few things like that are still, you know, a little great. The cleanest thing is just building an apartment building. Mm -hmm. You know, doing like office, doing industrial, that's when you get, things get a little quirky. Exactly. So in this scenario, it's just rentals, essentially. That is like that meets all the qualifiers. Just building a rental apartment building, holding it for ten years, don't do anything. So I'm assuming like if a developer comes in, builds a building yep. according to the rules of the opportunity zone, right? Yep. Let's say it's going to be. I'm assuming if they're going to build, it's going to be nice. It's going to be modern. It's going to be everything. Right. You know, what do you think the cap rate for the developer in regards to buying the land? building the building, getting anything, what kind of return of money do you think they're gonna get by doing all that just by renting out units? So, the high level statement I'll say is, opportunity zones don't make bad deals good. Mm -hmm. The deal has to pencil out. Of course. So for the developer, you're getting marginally cheaper equity mm -hmm. than somebody else. That's the, that's the short answer, is that that deal has to pencil out. It's not going to swing your profits 10, 15, 20, 30%. Right. Um, but it's good. It gives you another investor. So now I could go to you know, two hedge fund guys and maybe they'll be my new source of capital that weren't necessarily interested in investing in Harlem two years ago. Sure. So I guess another question is, you know, with 1031 exchange, it's not tax avoidance, it's tax deferral. It's deferred. You to pay. Correct. Um, how does it work here? If I take the money out of the opportunity zone, am I also doing kind of deferral where I would have to pay tax on that money? So they have a, a, a timeline where essentially if you invest in an asset uh, before December of 2019, um, after five years, if you want to get out, you pay X amount. After seven years, you pay X amount, and after ten years, you get kind of the full benefit. Um, so it kind of gives you some options. Uh, the one perk to that, though, is if one person wants to leave, everybody has to leave. So one person can't leave the fund, and everybody stays, and they have to dissolve the whole thing. Okay. Again, that's why we're a rental apartment building. You hold it, you don't do anything. It's like the cleanest, yep. most straightforward way to do it. Yep. Money goes into the fund. The guy who put, you know, two million from you know, his hedge fund in, that guy's probably gonna make two million again the next year. Mm -hmm. So he's not coming back kind of trying to get dribs and drabs at a 5%, 7% coupon. Right. Yep. So that's the cleanest way is when it's an apartment building, like, all right, cool. You're gonna make a small amount of cash over time. Mm -hmm. You're gonna get some appreciation and then you get that full benefit, you know, okay. down the line. Makes sense. Yeah. All right, um, and also like, if someone wanted to find opportunity zones, where can yes. they find them? 
So online, there's a few maps that you can find online. Okay. Um, there's a good three or four that are like really solid. Mm -hmm. You can actually go in, put the address, and then it'll zoom down oh, really? to your location, and it'll show if you're in or out of them. Okay. So and these are like government sites that people can go the in? The government has one too, but there's two or three like really good third parties. So okay. you do a quick Google search, you'll find them in a second. Oh, I've actually easy. heard, and I might be mistaken because I didn't read the full article, that Midtown East is also an opportunity zone. Do you know if that's true? Uh, you know, I don't know that. Okay. Midtown East, really? Would be interesting to look at. Not all of Midtown East. Right, right, yeah, sure. Just the... uh, I, I think I did hear that like there's some area in, in Midtown West. I did, okay. Somebody mentioned that to me once. Um, I think I heard there's somewhere in the Lower East Side as well. Okay. Um, so we actually bought a site in Harlem. Um, cool. Completely unplanned, but it's in Opportunity Zone as well. Um, you know, the funny part as you bring that up is that New York City didn't have one of the problems the government was trying to solve. We don't have a lack of capital. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? There's plenty of guys running around throwing money at properties. Right. The downside of what Opportunity Zones have done is it's driven up the value of assets in some of these areas. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was actually going to ask you the next question is in regards to these communities. Yeah. You know, they have gentrification and everything in Correct. a lot of these areas. Correct. You know, we were just mentioning the Lower East Side, right? Correct. And they have protests that they don't even want any yes. more building going on. I know. You know, I so, know. I know. you know, what kind of, you know, I guess the negative effect of the Opportunity Zone is. So the negatives of the Opportunity Zone. The first part I just mentioned, which is in, mm -hmm. in New York City at least, and I'm sure San Francisco, Boston's probably got the same problem, mm -hmm. is there's these areas that were already in the midst of changing right. and getting investment, and this has just kind of turned the volume up in those areas. So like the South Bronx right now is like mm -hmm. crazy hot. Like everybody's trying to sell everything around there. Yeah. Um, and every time you talk to a broker that's over there, it's like, hey, it's an opportunity zone. I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to pay more for that. Because again, it doesn't make a bad deal good, yeah. right? Just because an opportunity zone doesn't mean people will pay more for rent, mm -hmm. which ultimately goes down to the value of the asset, right? So you got this like disconnect of like, they want to sell it for this, but it's worth that. Yeah. Right. So the cap rate is uh, basically right. shrinking. From exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah right? that's why I was curious in regards to, I mean, once you buy a land, you build it and everything, you know, right. you know, how long is it going to take before I get a return on my investment? Because normally people who buy land and build a building, it's right, a building condos or whatever, selling them, make their money and You're get out. out. You know, this is, I feel like this is like a long-term Again, plan. building an apartment building, holding it for 10 years, yep. don't do anything. That's the like quintessential, right. that's the way that works. But mm -hmm. yeah, then you're not getting your money out. Correct. So as general partners slash developers, like that's one thing you got to look at. Like, you know, how many of these can I do where I put out cash mm -hmm. and I can't take the cash out of this asset? Is there a penalty for doing that? I mean, it's, it's an IRS program. So mm -hmm. like, yeah, there's certain penalties if you don't do certain things. Right. Because let's say you get a fund of 10 guys, whatever. 10 people who want to put a, put a fund together for an opportunity zone. Yep. But like you mentioned before, let's say one or two people want to get out. Right, the whole thing has Everyone to has to get out. Yeah. What if you're like midway project? Mm. To get ugly. It's a tricky situation. <laughs> it's a tricky situation. As a matter of fact, as you bring that up, you see, I don't know if you've been seeing the articles about the EB-5 situation with the Atlantic mm -hmm. Yards. Mm -hmm. So is it, still, is it still in play, the EB-5? It is. I mean, from my perspective, we're a small entrepreneurial developer shop. It's rather hard to get to and a little complicated. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you see like the Xtels, yep. you know, the very large shops mm -hmm. do it. 
So for, just for people that yeah, don't know what, what, EB5 what EB5 is. is, EB5 is basically, and correct me if I'm wrong somewhere here, mm -hmm. is um, when a foreigner wants to invest here, they can do, I believe in some zones, about half a million. Yes. And in exchange, they would be able to get a so-called green card. Yes. And uh, in other areas that are more developed, they would have to invest a million dollars. Yes. And then once again, they would get the green card. So it's... Uh, Them and their family. And their family, oh, so, uh, so their spouse, mm -hmm. wife or husband, yep. and their children would all get yep. a green card. I'm sure there is more little quirky details, but you yep. know, all in all, that's what it is. Right. So they have to create ten jobs um, on that investment, um, and as a benefit, they'll get a green card. Yeah, interesting. Um, so it, it, it's good and it's great, and the government continues to let it happen. They renewed it. Um, but so there's a big project for those not in New York. There's a big project in New York City called the Atlantic Yards, and they use uh, a good number of EB5 monies to do that. Mm -hmm. And what's happening now is they're not actually doing that part anymore. So they're having to take that EB5 fund and trying to figure out where else to disperse that capital because the investors already gave you the money. Yep, yeah, of course. Right? The investors mm -hmm. don't want the money back. They want the green card back. They want the green card And maybe some profits later, but they don't want the money back. Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, that's something we gotta, we're going to watch kind of play out is I'm sure there's going to be developers that don't finish their products. That's, yeah, I'm curious. And, like, what happens when that happens? What if they built a very nice rental building in Nashville, Tennessee, mm -hmm. and, like, the deal falls apart? What happens? I don't know. Uh, and which is very common for real estate for deals yeah. to just fall apart just like so that. again it's like finding a good sponsor finding a mm -hmm. good developer that has a track record that you know can finish complete mm -hmm. you know that's that's going to be a small group of folks right um i have here one of the questions here in regards so for the for the opportunity zone it's only for building a building and doing rentals or can you build let's say a, a coffee shop in an opportunity zone, you could do it. There's there's a number of things that are allowed. Coffee shops on there, okay. but there 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 are some retail specific tenants that okay. you, like a bar. Like there's certain retail um, items that are, and are like strip clubs. Like there's some that you cannot right. do. You can't do. Okay, so there's certain things that you can do. So right. how how would that work in that sense? So let's say I'm an investor. Yep. I say you know what I want to put a bar here, right? I want to put a bar. Or, let's say a coffee shop just to make this easier, right? right. Coffee shop and whatnot. Um, I, would I have to buy the space or can I just lease the space? Somebody asked me this question the mm -hmm. other day, um, which is why I go back to what I said earlier, you need to get a really good corporate loan. <laughs> but uh, you could own a business okay. in an opportunity zone. So one way to do what you're just saying mm -hmm. is as a business, you could buy that space and operate that business. Mm -hmm. So people can invest in that business. They can right. buy into you know, in this case, you mentioned a bar. Right. They buy into whatever this retail or business is mm -hmm. in that community. So the cash flow that comes from that business is essentially, well, I mean, I guess depending on how you, you structured the, the company, if it's an S corp or whatever. Depending on how you structure, it should pass through. Yeah. It should just pass through. Right. And not really be taxed. Correct. I guess. Correct. Seems pretty interesting. Correct. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's pretty. It's pretty phenomenal. And then right. you know, real estate, right? So like, right. rent should grow over time. Right. The asset value slash the business value should grow over time. Correct. And then you don't pay on the taxes on that gain. Mm-hmm. 
at the end of 10 years. So do you think there is going to be additional clarifications on the, on the opportunity zones? Or do you think this is just like a great, great area for, um, for, for corporate attorneys? So they've been slowly rolling out comments. They actually did, uh, I don't know, a week or two ago. They put out another list of uh, clarifications. Uh, the, IRS, the IRS is working a little slow on it. Um, as you all know, they were closed in January, February. Right, right, right. Um, For a good uh, month, right? Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's slowly rolling up, which is the good and bad thing about it right now. Yeah. I, I think if there was more clarity, there'd be way more money running in. Yep, I think right. the fact that there is gray areas, some folks are kind of standing on the sidelines. Yeah. Some of the folks that even raise funds aren't deploying them yet yep. for that same reason that you brought up. Like, they don't want to put their investors in a sticky situation. And, and I'm also kind of in my head, I'm comparing this now between 1031 Exchange and this. I know in 1031 Exchange, you can only do it if you had an investment property. What if you've sold your own house and you want to put the money into the opportunity zone? As long as it's a game. As long as it's a game. Good. Okay. Important. That's important clear. difference. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, I believe I believe with the 1031, you can if it was, even if it was your house and the gains that you make from it, you could dump it into another place if you wanted. But it, it had to be an investment, I think. That the new place has the to new be place has to be an investment. For what my understanding is, you know, because how do you start eventually, you know, I, unless unless you put money on an investment on something else. But if you want any clarity, we have another episode. Of <laughs> <laughs> we had a guy here who just talked about 1031s, and that's all we talked about. And I think there's some clarity on, on that episode. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like opportunity zones are pretty interesting. I did see it on the tax uh, form return. I'm just mm-hmm. like, you know, um, our intern, Druvin, is the one who told yes. you about us and everything, you know, and I really do appreciate you passing by no and kind of giving us some clarity about opportunity zones. And as a, for the way how I see it, it seems like it's like kind of what Nikolai said, it's more of a gray area. It's very gray. And it's just like, I don't know if that's like a good opportunity <laughs> or if it's like, I, you know. I jokingly tell folks, it's like, it's like the wild, wild west. Like, Correct. There's going to be some folks that make money. Exactly. And there's going to be some that do not. <laughs> <laughs> there's risk. There's, there's a lot there, of risk. There's yeah. risk. There's a lot of unknowns. It's like, for those who are very f- familiar, like where we do, you know, urban investments, we're going to do that anyway. Right. This is just another source of capital to mm-hmm. pull into deals we're doing anyway. Mm-hmm. If you're doing your second or third deal and you're going to do your, you know, your third deal in Opportunity Zone, I think your investment team should be very curious about your progress so it's a good idea probably at this time not to use all of your money for opportunity zone but just a portion of it to see how it plays out in the beginning again it's for folks that make that kind of gain yeah right so the guy that makes a million dollars of gain in a year he's probably gonna do it again next year right (laughs) more likely right he's he's probably that's probably you know like hedge funds right hedge funds don't take people's like life savings right? right it's only for folks that actually have that amount of Money. Money right. to actually participate and sit at the table. Right. It makes a lot of sense, and I feel like it's a great way to even diversify your portfolio. Absolutely. You know, I think it's also maybe even a secure way of diversifying Absolutely. it because, like you said, this is like a long-term type of thing. Yes. It's not really a short-term game. It is not a short-term game. Right. But long-term, especially when you're making you know, a solid amount of money, this is another way to put some money inside. Of course, yeah. It'll appreciate, you know, and I'll get access to a real estate asset. And no taxes. Yeah. And no taxes. Which is always great. <laughs> real estate's fun. We're all in real estate. Exactly. Real estate is a fun asset class. It is. It so is. So it allows folks to get into this asset class mm-hmm. in a passive manner that's profitable. 
I'm kind of curious. I wonder if like um, like Funrise, mm-hmm. some of these like platforms where they have anyone Will they create. Oh, it's interesting. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying. Like the one who could just put five thousand dollars in or whatever. But the thing, it would be crowdsourcing. Com- or whatever. It would be complicated because what if one of the people wants to pull out? Right. Does everybody have to pull out then? Good point. Again, the the, the the if one person wants to leave, right, then the whole thing blows up. So like, it doesn't do you a benefit to have fifty people put in five thousand dollars. Yeah. Yep. You really want like one or two guys putting. Two million dollars. Right. Yep. Then you only negotiate with two folks, and that's it. You only got to agree with two folks. You only got lawyers dealing with two right. lawyers. I feel like that might change with time. There has to be a way out without having the whole thing crumble. Think Hopefully. about it. Let's we'll see. Good Hopefully. corporate attorney. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So if, if you got anything from this episode, <laughs> it's get a good corporate attorney, and that's it. Gerard, thanks so much for passing by. Thank you. Um, and if anyone wanted to reach out to you for any sort of questions or anything like this, where, 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 they can, where can they reach you? Do you have Alrighty. an Instagram, an, an email, phone, whatever? All right. So uh, my website is GerardDelane.com. Um, that's J-E-R-O-D-D-E-L-A-I-N-E.com. Uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm also on Twitter now. Actually. Nice. Yeah, nice. just started doing that. I mean, me too. Uh, the other day, I was just wondering, you could actually put more characters now. Yeah. Do, yeah. Do more activity on Twitter. Yeah, it's getting a second breath. Yep. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. I was on it, like, very early, actually. Yep. And then I stopped using yeah, it. Yeah, same here. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped using it, and then I kind of, like, went back to it just yeah. to get, like, updated like, what's going on. Exactly. Some, uh, some exactly. new stuff. But, exactly. um, but, yeah, so on my website and on my LinkedIn, you can kind of see things that are going on with me. And so, um... So yeah, we're excited about Opportunity Zones. We're excited about investing in urban communities because right. that's what we do. Right. Um, and then, you know, I also try to you know preach to my students about, you know, real estate, fun business. We love it. But, you know, you should do good things and make money. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Two positives. Yes. So, social enterprise. Absolutely. Yeah. Love it. Thanks so much for passing by, Gerard. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. All Thank right. You. So everybody else wants to reach us, you can always reach us at nyc uh i'm sorry zone at nyczoneteam.com and of course you can also find us on all social media on instagram on facebook just put nyc apartment zone or nyc zone team you'll find us and if you have any questions or if you have an idea for a episode reach out to us and until the next one take care everyone Bye-bye. see ya nyc apartment zone nyc apartment zone.com